Welcome to Aunt Blanche's Story Corner. I'm so glad you've chosen to join me today in my special reading place. Now, if you want to come in with me and hear a special story, you will need a couple of things. Ears ready to listen carefully and your imagination so that you'll be able to visualize the stories as I read them to you. Today, I want to share with you two fairy tales by Hans Christian Andersen. They're two of his very popular stories, and they've been favorites worldwide for many years. Both are short, so I thought I would read two of them in this episode of my Story Corner. The first story was the basis of a Broadway musical called Once Upon a Mattress, and of a movie by that same name. The story is The Princess and the Pea by Hans Christian Andersen. There was once a prince, and he wanted a princess, but she must be a real princess. He traveled all over the world to find one, but there was always something wrong. There were plenty of princesses, but as to whether they were real princesses, he had great difficulty discovering. There was always something which was not quite right about them. So at last he had to come home again, and he was very sad because he wanted a real princess so badly. One evening there was a terrible storm. It thundered and lightened, and the rain poured down in torrents. Indeed, it was a fearful night. In the middle of the storm somebody knocked at the town gate and the old king himself went to open it. It was a princess who stood outside, but she was in a terrible state from the rain and the storm. The water streamed out of her hair and her clothes. It ran in the top of her shoes and out at the heel, but she said that she was a real princess. Well, we shall soon see if that is true, thought the old queen, but she said nothing. She went into the bedroom, took all the bedclothes off, and laid a single pea on the bedstead. Then she took twenty mattresses and piled them on top of the pea, and then piled twenty feather beds on top of the mattresses. Up on top of all of these was where the princess was to sleep that night. In the morning they asked her, "'Did you sleep well?' "'Oh, terribly badly,' said the princess. "'I hardly closed my eyes the whole night. "'Heaven knows what was in the bed. "'I seemed to be lying on something very hard, "'and my whole body is black and blue this morning. "'It was terrible.' "'They saw at once that she must be a real princess "'when she had felt the pea through twenty mattresses "'and twenty feather beds. "'Nobody but a real princess "'could have such a delicate skin. "'So the prince took her to be his wife, "'for now he was sure that he had found a real princess.' and the pea was put into a museum, where it may still be seen if no one has stolen it. Now this is a true story, or so says the author, Hans Christian Andersen. 
I think the next story is a fun one, too. I hope you'll enjoy it. It's the story of a very vain emperor whose vanity brings him to an embarrassing time and brings this story to a very humorous ending. It's the story of the emperor's new clothes. Many, many years ago, there was an emperor who was so excessively fond of new clothes that he spent all his money on them. He cared nothing about his soldiers, nor for the theater, nor for driving in the woods, except for the sake of showing off his new clothes. He had a costume for every hour in the day. Instead of saying, as one does about other kings or emperors, he's in his council chamber, the people here always said, the emperor is in his dressing room. Life was very gay in the great town where he lived. Host of strangers came to visit it every day, and among them one day there were two swindlers. They gave themselves out as weavers and said that they knew how to weave the most beautiful fabrics imaginable. Not only were the colors and patterns unusually fine, but the clothes that were made of this cloth had the peculiar quality of becoming invisible to every person who was not fit for the office he held or who was impossibly dull. These must be splendid clothes, thought the emperor. By wearing them, I should be able to discover which of the men in my kingdom are unfit for their post. I shall distinguish the wise men from the fools. Yes, I certainly must order some of that stuff to be woven for me. The emperor paid the two swindlers a lot of money in advance so that they might begin their work at once. They did put up two looms and pretended to weave, but they had nothing whatever upon their shuttles. At the outset, they asked for a quantity of the finest silk and the purest gold thread, all of which they put into their own bags while they worked away at the empty looms far into the night. I should like to know how those weavers are getting on with their cloth, thought the emperor. But he felt a little queer when he reflected that anyone who was stupid or unfit for his post would not be able to see it. He certainly thought that he need have no fears for himself, but still he thought he would send somebody else first to see how it was getting on. Everybody in the town knew what wonderful power the stuff possessed, and everyone was anxious to see how stupid his neighbor was. I will send my faithful old minister to the weavers, thought the emperor. He will be the best to see how the stuff looks, for he is a clever man, and no one fulfills his duties better than he does. So the good old minister went into the room where the two swindlers sat working at the empty loom. Heaven help us, thought the old minister, opening his eyes very wise. Why, I can't see a thing, but he took care not to say so. Both the swindlers begged him to be good enough to take a little step closer and ask if he did not think it a good pattern and beautiful coloring. They pointed to the empty loom. 
The poor old minister stared as hard as he could, but he could not see anything, for of course there was nothing to see. Good heavens, thought he, is it possible that I am a fool? I've never thought so, and nobody must know it. Am I not fit for my post? It will never do to say that I cannot see this stuff. Well, sir, you don't say anything about the stuff, said one who pretended to breathe. Oh, it is beautiful, quite charming, said the minister, looking through his spectacles. Such a pattern and such colors. I will certainly tell the emperor that the stuff pleases me very much. We are delighted to hear you say so, said the swindlers. And then they named all the colors and described the peculiar pattern. The old minister paid great attention to what they said, so that he would be able to repeat it when he got home to the emperor. Then the swindlers went on to demand more money, more silk, and more gold, and to be able to pretend to be weaving. But they put it all into their own pockets. Not a single strand was ever put into the loom. But they went on as before, weaving at the empty loom. The emperor soon sent another faithful official to see how the stuff was getting on, and if it would be ready soon. The same thing happened to him as to the minister. He looked and looked, but as there was only an empty loom, he could see nothing at all. Is this not a beautiful piece of stuff? said both the swindlers, showing and explaining the beautiful pattern and colors for which there were none to be seen. I know I'm no fool, thought the man. So it must be that I'm unfit for my good post. It is very strange, though. However, one must not let it appear so. So he praised the stuff he did not see and assured them of his delight in the beautiful colors and the originality of the design. It is absolutely charming, he said to the emperor. Everybody in the town was talking about this splendid stuff. Now the emperor thought he would like to see it while it was still on the loom. So, accompanied by a number of select courtiers, among them were the two faithful officials who had already seen the imaginary stuff, he went to visit the crafty impostors, who were working away as hard as ever they could at the empty loom. It is magnificent, said both the honest officials. Only see, your majesty, what a design, what colors! And they pointed to the empty loom, for they each thought no doubt the others could see the stuff. What? thought the emperor. I see nothing at all. This is terrible. Am I a fool? Am I not fit to be emperor? Why, nothing worse could happen to me. Oh, it is beautiful, said the emperor. It has my highest approval. And he nodded his satisfaction as he gazed at the empty loom. Nothing would induce him to say that he could not see anything. The whole suite gazed and gazed, but saw nothing more than all the others. However, 
They all exclaimed with his majesty, It is very beautiful, and they advised him to wear a suit made of this wonderful cloth on the occasion of a great procession which was just about to take place. Magnificent, gorgeous, excellent, went from mouth to mouth. They were all equally delighted with it. The emperor gave each of the rogues an order of knighthood to be worn in their buttonholes and the title of gentleman weaver. The swindlers sat up the whole night before the day on which the procession was to take place, burning sixteen candles so that people might see how anxious they were to get the emperor's new clothes ready. They pretended to take the stuff off the loom. They cut it out in the air with a huge pair of scissors, and they stitched away with needles without any thread in them. At last, they said, Now the emperor's new clothes are ready. The emperor with his grandest courtiers went to them himself, and both swindlers raised one arm in the air as if they were holding something. They said, See, these are the trousers, this is the coat, here is the mantle, and so on. It is as light as a spider's web. One might think one had nothing on, but that is the very beauty of it. Yes, said all the courtiers, but they could not see anything, for there was nothing to see. Will your imperial majesty be graciously pleased to take off your clothes, said the impostors. Then we may put on the new ones along here before the great mirror. The emperor took off all of his clothes, and the impostors pretended to give him one article of dress after the other of the new ones which they had pretended to make. They pretended to fasten something around his waist and to tie on something. This was the train, and the emperor turned round and round in front of the mirror. How well his majesty looks in the new clothes! How becoming they are! cried all of the people round. What a design! And what colors! They are most gorgeous robes! The canopy is waiting outside, which is to be carried over your majesty in the procession, said the master of the ceremonies. Well, I am quite ready, said the emperor. Don't the clothes fit well? Then he turned round again in front of the mirror, so that he should seem to be looking at his grand things. The chamberlains who were to carry the train stooped and pretended to lift it from the ground with both hands, and they walked along with their hands in the air. They dared not let it appear that they could not see anything. Then the emperor walked along in the procession under the gorgeous canopy, and everybody in the streets and at the windows exclaimed, How beautiful the emperor's new clothes are! What a splendid train! And they fit to perfection! Nobody would let it appear that he could see nothing, for then he would not be fit for his post, or else he was a fool.
None of the emperor's clothes had been so successful before. But he has nothing on, said a little child. Oh, listen to the innocent, said its father. And one person whispered to the other what the child has said. He has nothing on. A child says he has nothing on. But he has nothing on. At last cried all the people. The emperor writhed, for he knew it was true. But he thought the procession must go on. So he held himself stiffer than usual, and the chamberlains held up the invisible train. Well, the emperor did try to hold on to his pride to the very end, but can't you just imagine the laughter of the people around him? I think that's such a fun story. I hope you have enjoyed these two stories by one of the most popular and published writers of fairy tales for the young and young at heart, Hans Christian Andersen. All things bright and beautiful. All creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful, the Lord God made them all. Join me again in Aunt Blanche's Story Corner. <laughs>